Welcome to the God Shift Podcast, where we move you from disruption into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and individuals, organization leaders, and ministry leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how elevating God's position in your life empowers you to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty and unlocks the door to confidently move you into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a God Shift podcast. I am Shana Rattler, your host. I am glad that you are here. As I do every time, I always start off asking for a favor. Yes, I want you to do something for me before we do something for you, but it's really simple and it helps people too. So whether whether you are watching this on your laptop, your computer, your tablet, your phone, wherever you're consuming this information, I would love if you would take a screenshot of the episode. And when you screenshot it, I would love for you to post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift and give us your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway. Why do we do that? I'm not necessarily one of those people that is committed to tracking my downloads. And as a matter of fact, I very rarely even listen listen or look at those things. But my goal for this podcast is for people to recognize that whatever it is that they are going through, that there's actually hope on the other side of what it is that they're going through. And so the more people who share this information, the more lives can be changed and hopefully the more people that get adopted into the kingdom. So if you would do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. All right, well, let's get started. I am going to read my guest bio and then we will get to what I know is going to be a great interview because I've been on her podcast and I know she's a great person. So here we go. My guest today is a childhood trauma survivor, international award-winning author, speaker, podcast host, and trauma-informed self-love coach who helps men, women, and organizations emerge with clear vision of their value, take ownership of their choices, and chart a path to their purpose, becoming victorious souls. She's created courses and workshops to implement her four-step proven process called SELF, S-E-L-F. Her mantra is love yourself from survive to thrive. And she's known as that lady on the internet who loves you. A long-term follower of Christ, she is also a happy wife, joyful mom, and a grateful, engaged Mima. Welcome to the show, Danielle Burnock. Thank you, Shana. I love being here. Yes, awesome. So let's get to it. So first of all, I, I love reading people's bios. They're eloquently written. Many of us have hired copywriters to do it, and they're chock full of impactful words. But I would love for you just to share the 20 or 30 second version about the work that you do and how you help people. How do I help people? I want to move them from survive to thrive. That is the short of that. I help them with coaching my clients and my books and my workshops, how I said, to help them identify where they're stuck where they are not moving forward, what is bothering their lives and keeping them just in that survival mode and help them to move into thriving because Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Yeah. And he also said in the world, we'd have tribulation, but that doesn't mean we live in the tribulation. It means we need to learn how to deal with it. We need to face it. And then we can move into the abundant life and we can 
go through all our tribulations with us because, you know, life can be hard sometimes with good days and bad days. I love that. And I feel like that statement alone is what I feel like I stand for because I, you know, anyone that has ever spent any amount of time around me, they've probably have heard me say more than once that it really bothers me to be in the room with someone that is still just as impacted today by something that happened in their life, eight, 18, 28, 38 years ago. And it bothers me to the point that it angers me as well. And the reason why it angers me so much is one, um, I just, it just bothers me that they're allowing something to keep them that stuff that they haven't moved forward. But I also think it's really disrespectful to God as well, because like you said, he desires that we have life and we have it more abundantly. So at some point we have to recognize that when we're just in survival mode, it's difficult for us to even create. You know, I see business owners that are just in survival mode and they can't even be creative. They can't come up with new ideas. Their businesses don't grow. Their income doesn't grow. And so I I just really feel like I could just take that clip and just carry it with me everywhere I go. The fact that we've got to figure out what's keeping us stuck so we can create a plan and so that we can move past it. Right. So just for the context of conversation, I want everybody to understand what I call a God shift. So my definition of a God shift is anytime a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but it ultimately moves you into a greater destiny. Because I believe that he uses circumstances in our lives, especially sometimes those unexpected ones, in order to get our attention. Because for many of us, we're either pursuing the wrong place or we're putting priorities on the wrong thing. So can you think of a time in your life, Danielle, that, that the Lord allowed something to happen, whether it was a setback or a disappointment or a delay, anything that he used to kind of get your attention? Anything happened. How much time do you have? Right. <laughs> How many things? But I have thought about this. And also in relation to something that you said, I want, I want to backtrack a little bit because you said that you get angry when someone is stuck in something and still impacted by something that happened many years ago. Yeah. Well, I want to insert some hope here for people if they're going, well, great, now I'm being bad or I'm being yeah. wrong or something Nothing like wrong. that. Now you're beating yourself up because you're stuck yeah. in something that happened years ago. Sometimes it takes a long time to heal certain wounds. That was part of my story. I was upset with myself because I kept being impacted by things from years. I sought to grow and sought to change and sought to grow and sought to change. And I did grow and I did change, but I still was impacted by things from many, many years ago. Yeah. And I didn't know how to get out, but I was kicking and screaming and fighting to get out of that. So when someone is stuck in that, there's no condemnation there. There was hope. And if you keep crying out to God, he will show you the way. And I condemned myself for it taking so long also. And the Lord revealed to me a word that I didn't even know if it was. I w- when I heard this word inside my spirit, I went and Googled it to see if it was really a thing. You know, do you ever have God say something to you and you're like, is that, is that really a thing? Is that really a word? And it was, it was the term microsurgery. Okay. And microsurgery is a process, a medical process, which is a very, very long and involved process to heal someone from a radical, messy, dirty, infected kind of wound. They have to go through, you know, the cleansing of the wound is a great big long process. And then they have to wait while 
like a resting period before then they go into a different part of it. It's like many parts to that process and it takes a very long time. So I want to encourage anyone who's struggling, you've been struggling for a long time. There's hope. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. Keep crying out the Lord and he will help you. And don't beat yourself up at it if it is taking a long time, because some things do take a long time. And that leads right into the disruption that I want to bring up. Yeah. Let me say this before you do that, because that, that's a great point. I think what bothers me the most is not when someone's doing the work and it's, you know, the, the process is just taking longer or, or there's still a remnant of it there. But I think what bothers me the most is when they're standing there boohoo crying about something that happened to them 28 years ago. And then when you start getting to the root of like, well, what have you done? Like, have you sought counseling? Are you, are you seeking, you know, spiritual counsel? You know, tell me, tell me what it is that you're doing to try to help you get over this. And the answer to that is essentially nothing. And then, so then you're just like, well, my God in heaven, like what, what makes you think that it's just going to go away? Like you're not going to push the easy button on almost anything in life. If I can't push the easy button and my dinner is ready, then I doggone sure can't push the easy button and get over trauma. Right. And so it's just like, you know, and I think that that's probably what I need to add in when I start saying that when they're standing up there 28 years later, crying about something that happened to them and they haven't tried to do anything about it. And then they wonder why they're still to use your word stuck. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I digress. So get back to get back to what happened in your life, Danielle. <laughs> I like I like know that place, and I know people. And one of my spiritual gifts is mercy, so I'm really drawn to that kind of thing. But they need help to come out, but they need to want it. They they yes. do need to want it. There is a choice they have to make. Some people are stuck there, and they're just so blinded by the pain or in love with the pain because it's the only thing they know. Yeah, but they do have to make a choice. And that's yeah. one of the things I did is I one of my core values is a victorious soul is a warrior mindset. I didn't know how to heal, but I'm like, I'm not staying here. <laughs> I did that. But the disruption that took place in our life happened in uh, what year was it? it was like 2006. One of them, I should say one of them. This created a a major change in our life. I mean, back in 1988, I legally changed my first name. So that was a big change in my life. So I've done many things up into 2006. But in 2006, my was right before the housing crash. My husband got laid off from his job. He couldn't seem to find another one, which that was had never been a problem before. Mm -hmm. And we had been going through inner turmoil within ourselves anyways, things that we wanted to address, didn't know how we were just like struggling on the inside. And I believe God gave us that gift of him not being able to get a job here because we ended up, he got a job in a different state. We were born and raised in Michigan and he got a job in Arizona. That's wow. about, that's a long way away from home. Neither one of us have ever been, what? And a lot warmer. Yeah. Neither one of us had ever been there before. We didn't know a soul who lived there. But we knew it was God moving us there. We went, we met, we went out to uh, talk at a restaurant and discuss what we're going to do. He had this offer here. And we just knew it was what we needed to do. But inside we had a certain level of terror. <laughs> because that was such a huge move. We were moving away from everyone we knew. Mm -hmm. And I had many 
issues with trauma. I had many traumas that I had been addressing, had overcome some of them. I didn't know others of them had existed until after this process, but we, we just knew it was something the Lord wanted us to do. And so we did. We, he accepted the job and he moved out there months before I did. And hold the whole long process of us moving out there, one of the major keys of that change in our life was it moved us away from everything that was familiar. Yes. That was both terrifying and a gift. Yeah. I was speaking with um, one of the people I interviewed for my podcast, and he talked about when he went away to college, he like reinvented himself. You go to college and nobody knows you there. So you can like become this new person, leave everything behind. And he went about it with, I'm just going to not deal with it, pretend it doesn't exist, but he learned better (laughs) and did deal with it. But us moving all the way to Arizona, we were able to kind of do that, reinvent ourselves. We went to a place where no one knew us. We didn't have any history. No one had preconceived notions of us. And so I could say no where I had been afraid to say no before because they don't know me. I could say yes. And I could do things I never had the courage to do because I didn't have the same danger of rejection and impact or fears of my own making or whatever fill in the blank it was. And there was a song that God gave me many songs to help me through this. I love how in, I believe it's Psalms, he calls them songs of deliverance. Yeah. He gave me many songs through this, but one of them was called, let me take you there. And part of the song is, There is a place where no one knows your name. Mm -hmm. And it was a place of freedom for like a rebirth for for me to do that. And we were there for about five years. It was horribly painful, but it was also the best thing that we did. We came back, changed people. I learned about the grace of God in a dimension that I had never heard of before. I encountered so many differences in my walk with the Lord. I also encountered another disruption. I was thinking about that this morning, which led to uh, my freedom, which led to my freedom. We were going to a church and the Lord was just little by little setting me free of different traumas, like putting me in a situation and giving me something that had been taken from me or putting me in a situation where I had to face something I had been avoiding. Yes. For example, I said, I changed my name in 1988. I did that because there was a specific trauma that took place regarding my name. And there, it was at the hands of a particular bully. Okay. And this particular bully's name happened to be Kathy. Okay. I didn't like Kathy's. I avoided them because it kept hurting me there. I had so many people in my life named Kathy. It was ridiculous. <laughs> So your name was like, Kathy, was it? No. Okay. I was going to say, were you a Kathy also? No, no, I was not a Kathy. Okay. Um, but I had, and all my friends were Kathy's. And that was part of the healing in that layer there that I could be around. And not every Kathy was toxic, you know, but sure. that, that wound was so deep. Like I said, I changed my name <laughs> because it was, it just shattered my value. That was one of the things that took place. Another thing is I was on a worship team. I'd never been in leading worship before, but I had another trauma in my life that involved singing in front of people. 
and public humiliation. And so I, I got redeemed there by being able to lead worship. And I enjoyed it so much. But yeah. then during one of the practices, the guy who did the, the tech, you know, the microphones and all that stuff, and the one who's videotaping and all that, you know, I move when I sing. I, I, it's like I can't sit still. I'm not good at sitting still anyways. <laughs> I'm not good at watching TV for a long time. I get bored. I have to get up and walk around. I walk around at every commercial break almost. <laughs> I, I understand. But, you know, especially when I'm worshiping, I just, I sway and I move. And he wanted me to stand still. Mm. So he teasingly taped my feet to the stage. I that triggered me and sent me off. I was six years old, sitting in my first grade class in the reading circle with tape over my mouth, reading in front of everybody. Mm. I was just devastated. And it's like, I wasn't even there anymore. Everyone's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, they're all laughing because it's supposed to be this prank, this joke. And I was just devastated. Yeah. And then I was devastated at myself for being devastated because I should be over this. What's wrong with me? And I, I, I ran into the bathroom, but I, I responded differently that day. And other times when I'd be triggered, I'd run away and hide. I'd go home. I would have left and gone home. I did not do that. I went in the bathroom. I prayed. I talked to the Lord about it, composed myself. Um, one of the other people on the team came in there and prayed with me and encouraged me. And when I came out, the worship leader, I was just so surrounded by compassion that I had never tasted before in that pain. Yeah. And, and he reached out to me and said, do, do you want to sit, sit this one out? I mean, it's okay. And it wasn't like, do you want to sit this one out? It was like, no, really, are, are you okay? Do you need to sit this one out? Yeah. And I knew the songs we were going to sing were going to touch that same spot. And I said, no, I'm good. And I did. I led worship that day with them singing those songs. But when I got and I responded differently the whole time, I didn't hide. I refused to hide. Mm-hmm. And I went home, though, and I sat in my rocking chair in my, my room and I said, God, this has got to stop today. Yeah. Now, what is my problem? What is happening? I don't know what is happening. All I know is the reactions I have. I don't know why. I don't details. <laughs> and he walked me through. He like slowed down my mental process of what I was thinking because I had the mindset was so ingrained. It was instantaneous. I didn't know what I was thinking. I was, I went from this to that and he slowed it down and showed me the lie I was believing, told me the truth. And he gave me what I call a silver bullet. Okay. If anyone's familiar with, you know, um, I think it's werewolves. You shoot them with a silver bullet, you know, and that stops them. So that's, that was the mentality of that was something small, something quick that would stop that progression from taking place in my life again. It was two words. It was short. It was two words. So whenever I felt that coming up and I practiced before that, I would say, I matter. Mm. I matter. Because it went to the core of my value, that I had no value, I had no voice, I had no right to exist, I had no right to be here, and no one doesn't want me. And I mean, it was just very pervasive. But those two words, over and over and over, I matter, 
And that stopped it. And Lord, over time, he has healed that. And none of that would have taken place if we hadn't moved away to Arizona. And then when we came back, he led us into the unfamiliar again. We didn't go back to the same church. He led us into other things. And we've been through other disruptions since then, but that was the major one. And my husband, he went through um, a disruption as well. I mean, he got laid off from that job out there. There was one time we were both without a job in Arizona, nowhere near anyone we knew. Yeah. But God took care of us through that because he was building deeper roots into us, a way of trusting him more and giving us a more solid identity of our value in him. It was, it's, it, I would not, I, I would do it again in a heartbeat, even though it was horribly, horribly painful. I am a completely different person. (laughs) One of the things that I want to point out that I believe is so key to what you said, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording, is that disruption doesn't always have to be negative. You know, you had an Abram experience. Go to, you know, leave everything that's that's familiar to you. Go to the land that I will show you and you'll become (laughs) a blessing, right? right? You know, I'll bless you. You'll become a blessing. And so, you know, I want people to recognize that sometimes things happen in our lives and they, they are negative. And sometimes maybe those are the ones that we give the most effort to um, and put in the work for. But sometimes people, when they're having a God shift and they're being asked to do something new or become something new or lead somewhere different, sometimes they're making the most money of their lives. You know, you had to, it felt like disruption. It felt uncomfortable for sure, because you had to leave everything that was familiar, whether or not it was good or or otherwise, but you got to a place where you were able to reinvent yourself. You were able to let your yeses be your yes and let your no's be your no. You get this great job. You get this great job, whether you keep it or not. You, you know what I mean? So I think it's great to point for people to recognize that the situations in our lives that oftentimes we believe happen to us that happen for us can sometimes be good ones as well. So I'm curious, like when you look at a whole of what it is that you just described, what did you learn? What did I learn? Oh, so many things. (laughs) What was the best thing you learned? The best thing that I learned? Oh, still, that's too many things. Oh, I, one of the things was the grace of God, but then I learned it even deeper after that. So yeah. it's like, cause he didn't, he didn't stop cause he's so good Yeah, that, that he, he restores, mm. he, he will restore and that he's faithful and I, I can trust him. Yeah. That's good. Even though I'm still working on that trust thing, because that has layers too, because trust issues, we have them as humans. And then when you have trauma, that makes more of them. So that's something I'm currently working on too, because I want to trust God just all the time. I mean, deeper, because it's easy to trust him when things are going the way you think. For sure. But when things are not, it gets harder. So, And when he asks you to do things that you're like, I don't think that looks, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Lord, I just want to let you know, you know, let's have a little have a conference here. What it is that you're asking me to do, that's not a good thing. Um, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> We'd love to be in control. You know, yeah, but see, he's, he's so gracious. He's so patient. He's so merciful. I just, you know, if we're honest with him, because that's what he wants. He wants our heart. Yes. He wants our heart. It's like, what did I learn? I could learn that who I was was okay. Yes. And that's, and that is so powerful. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when the word tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and, you know, all the different things that that scripture encompass, encompasses, I think that, that that slides off of many people. And it's something that many people don't really hold on to is recognizing that even in your uniqueness, I interviewed a lady um, a couple of months ago that had one of the most severe cleft palates in history. And so you can imagine that even after multiple surgeries, she still has a little bit of disfigurement. And one of the things that she really learned is that even through her uniqueness, it was it was all meant, you know, for for a purpose. And so, you know, we all think that we're to this or not enough that. Um, And most of the time it's because we're comparing ourselves to someone else. And so I love the fact that you said that, like like that is just very, very powerful for us to recognize that whatever we have or whatever we don't have. It's Mm -hmm. still enough for God to use us in the way that he wants to use us. And when he, when we're on the path that he has planned for us, the destiny that awaits us is such a glorious and beautiful thing. And he knew what our flaws were when he formed us in our mother's belly. He knew what we were going to be capable of. He knew what our shortcomings were going to be. He knew that we were going to have red hair and wide hips, whatever it is that we tell ourselves are going to be the things that people aren't going to desire. And so that's, that's just very, very powerful. I'm glad that that was one of the, the takeaways for you and now how you're able to help other people recognize that that's a key point in getting from survival to, to thrival. What's keeping you stuck? And let's help you identify all the things that you do great, all the strengths that you have that we can leverage to help overcome the things that it is that are keeping you stuck. So I love that. So we're going to pause. I'm going to read a quick um, uh, sponsored ad here, a quick commercial break, if you will. And then when we come back, Danielle, we're going to start to give some tips of how people who find themselves in similar, similar situations can go from surviving to thriving themselves. Okay. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you out of disruption and into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com. That's GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So I love to talk about stories and theories and concepts, but what I love even more is when we can give information that can actually lead to transformation. There's a lot of things that bother me, but one of the other things that bothers me is when we go to church and they've preached us so happy that we leave there not even realizing that we have nothing concrete to apply to our lives. So Tuesday comes, Thursday comes, hell busts our lives wide open, and we didn't actually get anything from the sermon on Sunday to apply to that but it sounded good. All the words rhymed, all the words started with a P. We were very happy. We were so emotional that we could have flown home with, you know, flapping our arms. Um, And so I want us to now segue into, if we have somebody who is experiencing trauma, if we have someone who feels like they are surviving and they want to begin to thrive, I want us to give some advice and share some tangible tips that will help them to be able to do so. Um, and you're the best person to do that because that's what your whole career is currently based on. That's your current assignment. So the first question that I want to ask you, Danielle, is that what do you believe are some of the common barriers 
that prevent that prevents someone from actually using the things that they're going through as a tool to create a better life. Fear. 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 Unpack that. Fear. I was the first thing that rose up because I thought of the first thing people need is courage. Mm-hmm. And you need courage because of fear. Yeah. Well, fear is a spirit and fear is an emotion. Mm-hmm. So if you got both of those going on, you have a two-pronged attack going on from the inside and from the outside. Yes. Courage can overcome them both. And we can get courage from God. And we can stir it up in our emotions also. But I was reminded when you were asking me that, that I got the answer from my counselor because I put myself in counseling to write my first book, Emerging with Wings, because that's my story of becoming free from childhood trauma and finding my value. And I was going to have to revisit some things that I thought would, it might be smart if I had a counselor. It was, it was way past smart. <laughs> it was very wise. But when I was, got to the end of that, my, my counselor, I got to a place where she said, yeah, I don't think you need me anymore. I didn't agree with her yet, so I kept going for a few more times. <laughs> but when I, at one of the times I asked her, I said, she said, I don't need her anymore. She said, you're pretty much a textbook example of overcoming. And I asked her, what, what did I do? What do I have why? Why am I what you say? Without hesitation, she said, courage. Courage to face what you need to face. Courage to do what you need to do. Courage to keep going when it gets hard. Courage is so important and it can carry you so far. And God will encourage us because we get discouraged, which takes our courage out of us. And all of that is based on fear. And trauma causes fear in us. And so it's important to get someone to help. If you are dealing with this, you want to start dealing with things, get help. Don't do it alone. Yeah. You can start with a book. You do it in the privacy of your own home because you're not ready to open up to anybody yet. Start with a book or listening to podcasts like like this one you're listening to now or mine, Victoria Souls podcast or whatever one serves you to hear what you need to hear to give you the courage to take the next step to get a counselor if that's what you need. If you need to do deep work, get a counselor. I'm not a counselor, but I am a coach. You can get a coach if you're like, well, I just need to move forward. I got some of these things are like stuck on me like burrs. Well, moving forward, coaching is forward focus. Yes. But to get help, to to tap into courage, to feed courage, dig into the word about where you can get courage there, feed on songs that encourage you. I mean, you can build that in you to give you what you need and surround yourself with people who will support you through your process. I love that. That's so good. I heard someone say, and I stole it, and I think I told them I was going to steal it. We need theory. We need um, theology and therapy. Oh, yes. Times, especially in certain cultures, we are led to believe that all we need is Jesus. Right. And that's that's where I get bothered. (laughs) Yeah. Like you need you need theology and therapy and sometimes medicine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like get the help that you need. Like Jesus is great and I'm not diminishing him at all. But what I also know is that the Lord also puts people on the earth and gives them special giftings and gives them special abilities to be able to accomplish things in the earth as well. So sometimes we need spiritual practical 
sometimes we need spiritual counsel and sometimes we need practical counsel and sometimes we need both. So get the help that you need because if we could do it on our own, most of us would have already done it. Mm -hmm. And you have to cooperate. You have to do the work. You can't just go to counseling and then tell you things. You can't just go to church and hear things. You have to be a doer of what you've been told. I'm, I'm reminded my husband and I are really enjoying watching The Chosen. We're going through it the second time. But when Jesus says to the man who is paralyzed, stand up, take up your bed and walk, he had to do it. It wasn't magical. Jesus is not magical. It's not magic. We have to believe it. We have to apply it. We have to put action to it for it to take place. I had to say those two words, I matter. I had to, you know, go and sing up in front. I had to go and set myself in my chair. We had to move to Arizona. I had to put myself in counseling. Those are things you have to do. You have to put feet to what you want to accomplish. You can't go anywhere if you don't move. <laughs> That's so good. I say all the time, stop asking the Lord to order your steps if you're not going to move your if you're not going to move your feet. Yeah, he he can steer a moving vehicle, yes. but not a parked car. Exactly. He's a great GPS. So outside of getting help, Danielle, if you were working one-on-one with someone, right? Because obviously if they're working one-on-one with you, they've already taken at least one step to getting help and to getting someone to, to help move them forward. But if you were sitting with someone that was stuck in survival mode and you were, t- you were trying to tell them, listen, I know that it probably feels like this is going to destroy you, but if you do this one thing, I promise you it will develop you. What's your best tip? My best tip. It's the whole process. You have to see what you what's going on in your life. That's the my self process. See, expose, love, and free. You have to see where you're at. You have to expose why you are there. Like if you've been sweeping things under the rug, you have to lift up the rug and see what's under the rug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have to fill up on love. You have to love yourself enough to do the work and you have to let God love you and fill up on the love because that love is what gives you the courage to take the action, which is F for free, which is the action step to do something. You have to do something. You do things little by little, one thing at a time. People need hope. They need courage and they need to not feel overwhelmed because you're not going to get healed in one coaching session. It's going to take some time. So you have to give give yourself patience for yourself. You need to love yourself through that process. So you need to focus. That's why I'm a self-love coach, because you have to love yourself so that you will take care of yourself. Because Jesus said to love others as you love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you will not love others well. Right. They're not going to want that kind of love. (laughs) So Danielle, as we begin to wrap up, how can our listeners find you and follow you? My website, you can connect to all of my things, daniellebernock.com. It's B-E-R-N-O-C-K.com, Danielle. I have my books that I have there. I have courses. I have a short little one. It's a seven-day challenge to love yourself. If you're struggling with this loving yourself in seven days, it will help you see where you're at, expose the reason why, start loving yourself and give you things that you can do. So in just one week, you will see yourself differently and love yourself in a deeper way. And then I have other courses. I have my podcast, Victoria Souls podcast. 
and other courses to help people just find out what you're born for too and get your God-given greatness is what I like to call it. He's put greatness inside every one of us. So I have all kinds of things there in my coaching too. You can find me there with that. I do speaking, but everything is hosted at my website and I'm on all the major socials, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok. I have my YouTube channel. You name it, you got it. All the things. (laughs) So if someone wants to take things further with you, should they go to the website and find what is the best for them, whether it's a book or a course or whatever? Is there one particular thing that you would like to drive people to if they would like to go further? I think coaching is a good place to start. But if they are not ready to invest in themselves, then I have a free resources tab on my website also. I understand that sometimes you got to start there. I've done that before. People are like, I don't know you. I'm not coaching with you. (laughs) So listen to my podcast, hear my voice, hear how I talk and get to know me in that way or my YouTube channel, because then you can see me. Yeah. And coaching because we don't go through this alone. And I I love helping people get their aha moments when they're just like, oh, wow, really? Oh, there's such joy in helping people to do that. I love that. So I know I want to say I am a safe place because safety is of paramount importance when you're dealing with things of this nature. So I am that lady on the internet who loves you and I will treat you in that way because I have learned to be loved by God. I know how important it is because we are created in his image. He is love and love is our greatest need. So you can count on me to treat you in that way. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much. And I will make sure that the link to your website, any of your social media is in the show notes. So people aren't having to rewind and figure out how how did she say you spell burn off? So I will take care of all that for you. So Danielle, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing um, this information. I really know that this is going to be something that blesses everyone. So thank you for your contribution. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Gotcha Podcast. I ask again that you will share this and I pray that it will bless you and that I hope that you will listen to other episodes as well. So thank you again. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.